Welcome to the Anagamers Podcast. This is episode number 70, recorded on Sunday, December 18th, 2016. I am your host, Evan Minto, and with me, as always, is David Estrella. What up? And we have a new special guest who's, in in some ways, maybe an old special guest. Uh, the most special guest. The most Aww. special guest. So uh, this this comes with a little bit of a story, but David and I went to school together uh, at RPI, and uh, we were sort of two thirds of of like a, a gang of stupid nerds, and the the third third was uh, Stephen McAuliffe, who we have on the show here. Incredibly accurate description. Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stephen is also, uh, you know, you don't really like tweet a lot. Or you know whatever you're not on podcast. Kind of out there, you know, having a life, <laughs> you know, doing important stuff, not observing, eating. not partaking. But Stephen has contributed one important thing to this podcast, which is the phrase "the Evangelion of anime." <sighs> it's going to be on my gravestone. <laughs> like he's the one who said it originally, and then David quoted it on the show, and it became our sort of motto and life philosophy. <laughs> kind of ran away from all of us, but I think that's the nature of. Uh, of any dumb joke. Yeah. Well, any sufficiently dumb joke. Any, yeah. Yeah, that was that was a moment in time. Yeah, that's a... I actually am... I don't remember what episode that is, but that's our Madoka episode, which I now need to, like, look up uh, so that people <laughs> can go reference the, the original... Uh, it was episode number 38 of the Anagamers podcast. Needed as uh, a soundbite. and I, yeah, made the joke. <laughs> so in in many ways uh neither of us would be here if it weren't for steven's efforts yeah yeah i mean if i didn't i get the sort of like popularity bump from 4chan hating me uh <laughs> i just would i would have given up on podcasting years ago because you're, you're not a real podcaster until for, someone on 4chan hates you which is like an incredibly low bar to set for anybody because like everyone on 4chan hates somebody <laughs> but anyway we're here to talk about a, uh, a very, very special anime today, which was sort of uh, presented as a challenge from the Anime World Order podcast, who I'm a big fan of, and uh, Gerald, and, Gerald in particular, Gerald and Daryl both sort of put out this challenge after they reviewed this anime called iCity, which is a, uh, an OVA we're going to talk about in a bit. Well, actually, I think it was a, a real feature film. Oh, snap. All right. We'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, it's a terrifying thought. They basically said, like, all you other podcasters out there, uh, go watch this thing. And, uh, you know, Dave and Joel at Fast Karate, they they kind of took up the uh, the challenge. And we're doing it here, too, because uh, Steven's like a really good person to have on for it, because we <laughs> uh, spent a lot of time watching stupid 80s OVAs in college. And uh, I, you know, inflicted lots of stuff. Sword for Truth, the humanoid. Twice. That on steven <laughs> twice twice in a row the humanoid fun fa- what was it the fun facts uh the fun edition? facts edition yeah yeah it was so bad that i got locked out of the room the second time they showed it <laughs> well- <laughs> all right all right um so david what have you what have you been up to playing fake grand order uh yeah kind of well this is the podcast where we've talk about the things that we got duped into i guess so i got recently duped by elliot page into playing fate grand order Mm -hmm. um and fate is one of those things that i continuously forget that i actually kind of like to a degree so it's a mobile game free to play Hmm. um and you know it's it's better it's better than cinderella girl's starlight stage but 
they're totally different games, aren't they? Like but in every when, way. You know, it's I've seen it. I've seen enough of these at this point, and I've contributed enough money to just kind of see the games that they're playing with me. And the fun part about well, like anything like this, is to do the to do like the premium roles for your your cool characters, and you know, Fate has all of these great characters these great you know these servant characters that'll appear and they've got all these great powers and excellent designs and stuff and they're voiced by your favorite mm-hmm. voice actors but the game that they play is that you know it's it's a free-to-play game you're never going to roll the character that you want and that's what? when you start to see the economy behind it you know the cost you gotta like invest i think like 30 dollars into one premium roll with a guaranteed like just rare uh rare draw at the end. So if you got like if you got like the biggest roll, the 10 roll, and you got the premium roll at the end, then you're at least guaranteed maybe something good, but uh in all of my rolls now cuz I'm I'm just started so they're like they're basically giving away as many of these I don't know what they're called them. They're like they're quartz. I always just call them star jewels because that's what they called them in Cinderella Girl Starlight Stage. <laughs> I know it's not the name, but like, of course, it's fate, so it's type moon, and it's whatever nonsense uh, Nasu invented up uh, to right, call so you, it. So you you get like a five paragraph essay to describe exactly what. Oh, it there's is. so much text in this game. Like it's <laughs> insane. I think it's either this one or it's another ridiculous like fate. Sp- kind of spin-offy fighting rpg i don't know what kind of game it is but nasu admitted he like he like wrote like i don't know something like six novels worth of text and it's like the most he's ever written for fate at any point like <laughs> the grand order i feel like i'm missing at least 80 percent of the actual content because i can't read any of it there's Oof. like no english and most oh, of really? like and like that the, well yeah no really like it's a japanese it's a well, Japanese. No, I thought, yeah, a, I, I thought there was an English release of it. You're, no, like, so, so are you like tapped ones? into the the Japanese app store, or is this like a side loaded yeah, thing? No, I have a no, I have um like a not I wouldn't say throwaway account because I've put an embarrassing amount of money into it, but I have a Japanese iTunes account that I load up into my phone, and that's how I get all this stuff. Okay, I'm, I I spend a lot of I did I'll admit I spent a lot of money into into um Starlight Stage, but so far I've kind of good with grand order i haven't had to put money into it because in the beginning they'll like just give away all like the the jewels that will give you the um the good rolls you can get like the really rare characters like the event this time around i think it's uh for gorgon gorgon you know you know the mythical the mythical creature gorgon turns you into stone isn't that okay Aren't they all heroes? Are they also monsters? I'm... Well, you yeah, know, they're here. They're like legendary heroes, but they can also be they're monsters. They're legendary characters okay. from like myth or history. <sighs> you yeah. know, they made, they made, oh, what's his name? Hans Christian Andersen is a, is a hero. That's it, actually cool. <laughs> and he's a little kid. And that's, this is what I mean about like Nasu being insane about like the amount of work that he puts into writing this. Cause there's like this whole story into like why he's a kid because uh, this is the time period in which this this guy, this writer who wrote, I don't remember right now which are the ones that he, like the books that he wrote. Little Mermaid, I think, is a big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like like he was like depressed like all of his life, and he died single and a virgin, clutching the letter, the letter that the love of his life wrote to him before she left him or whatever. So I don't know. 
So he like re- resurrects as a child because he remembered childhood as like is the happiest point. It's just it's so insane. Like every anytime I go into like the Fate Grand Order wiki and like I just find something else that's like oh come on Nasu. It's come on. he's like Super he's like this. He's like a sad man child. Well, no, he's like he's an actual like, child. Like I spent too much time gaming, and I just want to like be a yeah. child. Yeah. <laughs> what, what what does he get? Is his like powers as a child? He, he's a, a child author. He's a caster. So that means I, he does magic. Yeah, just throws books at people. Uh, yeah. Same thing. Yeah. I mean, what is what are books? But well, no, no. Really, they're magic Actually, of the m- imagination. If you think about it. Yeah. No, like uh, this time around, uh, Da Vinci, Leonardo Da Vinci is a, a woman. So they okay. pulled the, the they pulled the uh, the King Arthur treatment on the yep. Vinci. That, that stuff is not surprising anymore in Fate. No, like, I, I, oh, I almost wow, feel like a famous if person is a woman. No, she's if there isn't a, a gender swap, then something's wrong. Like because she's an inventor, so she gets a rocket punch. Okay, and that uh, that's pretty. That's cool. actually cool. Yeah. So I feel like uh, we're missing. What is the actual uh, like the game of the game? The game's a, like it's like a card based fighting system. Do you remember Fate Extra? Vaguely vaguely right so how many fake games of, have you played at this point um you know there's not that many out that's available like in english there's just a lot of weird spin-offy things like this one's not at all translated like i can't i'll never be able to get a translation of this just because of the amount of text and the fact that it's kind of protected by the fact that it's an uh an itunes like an, like an apple app i can't really modify that data unless i want to like lose all of my servants <laughs> um but no, Fate Extra had this like really simple uh, rock paper scissors format to the battles, which got trend like it got brought over for the f- uh, the fr- uh, for Grand Order, and it makes a lot more sense because you can just kind of pull it out and then like put like just like do like a few quick battles and just pull out at any time. The game will actually remember, uh, so you don't like actually lose your stamina points when you leave the battle mid battle and then just come back to it when you've actually got time to do it mm. so that's really nice because it didn't really work with fate extra because that was a psp game and that was like mm-hmm. sit down and actually you're not just, like, you're not just play. whipping that out no you can't you can't just whip it out so this is pve or pvp uh no 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 it's a pve but the oh the nice thing is that like mm, it, this is kind of like the the standard now for japanese free-to-play games i'm not so sure about how it is on the western side of things but in uh, most of these games like um, Starlight Stage and Puzzles and Dragons, you get support characters uh, that you that like your friends or like some random people online get, or that rather that's like their lead, like that's their strongest servant in their party, and you can have that servant join your party when you go into battle. And for the most part, these guys are like maxed out, like completely just jacked. Like you can get like. You can see like all like the actual cool stuff in the game very quickly, which is like something that I always complain about for a lot of these games. Like you'll you'll like see all these events going on, but you'll be like, I'm never gonna get the chance to like see uh, Jean d'Arc, the alter version Christmas special edition with like their maxed out noble phantasm. But no, you can actually see that like within the first hour of playing the game because Hmm. there's somebody out in the world that actually has that uh that servant that you can bring into battle with you and then you know Mm. when you friend them that's when you can actually see the noble phantasm because i think it's disabled if it's just a random guy that you have in your party but if they take your friend request then they get your most powerful servant and you get theirs and then you can just you know you can see the animations 
which is yeah it's actually noble a really fa- nice noble lead. phantasms for those of you who don't know are like the attack like special attacks or whatever like the ultimates yeah. right for the for each of these characters yeah that's that it's the it's the it's the stuff you live for when you play fate <laughs> yeah so yeah it's cool i guess it's very very nicely produced uh it kind of sucks that it's not very consistent in like the just the technical aspect of actually loading quickly not like starlight stage i feel like i was spoiled by that because that I almost never had any problems with like actually loading quickly on time, which is kind of important mm. for this sort of thing where you want to just whip out. You don't want to like start right. it up and it takes like two minutes before you can actually get to the uh, startup screen. That was part of my problem with, and everybody's problem with Pokemon Go is it just took so long to oh. actually load. And the, the servers app. were especially down, the, and so you yeah. get nothing. Especially with a game like that, where you like you know that it's quick and easy and painless, and when it just takes that long to actually do the painless thing that you want to do. It gets that much worse. Mm. Yeah. Uh, as as for me, I have been playing the original Dishonored. This is a pattern that we've found on this show. Yes. Uh, every time we talk about things, is that I am always playing the game before <laughs> the game that everyone is talking about in a series. It was like Fallout before and uh, something else. Well, uh, in this like case, Tomb Raider <laughs> means you dodged all the uh, Dishonored two edit rough launch performance and oh yeah it's missing some things that they're adding in slowly so on on pc on pc it was a wreck okay yeah i uh, unfortunately have no experience this year with playing games that were missing things that were promised <laughs> when at the time when i bought them the only oh, time no. that Evan was timely it had to be for no man's sky <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's so unfortunate I've actually been playing some of the foundation update for that too, but I sort of put that down to play Dishonored because I was trying to catch up with Dishonored 2 to potentially, like I want, I I need more games on my list for like game of the year contenders. Mm-hmm. And so I was going to try to like power through Dishonored and play Dishonored So 2. you just assumed uh, that Dishonored was going to be game of the year? No, I'm just hearing a lot of good things and it seems like it's up my alley. So I no, was I think like, oh, okay. PC like, gamer might have declared a game of the year. Dishonored yeah, two. people are definitely talking. I'm here seeing it on lots of lists. So I was like, okay, yeah. I might actually I might like it. And I know that I like stealth action games, so I was like, sure. Um, but yeah, I I remember seeing you play it in like college or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played it multiple Dishonored. times. Yeah. It's uh it's pretty cool. It's not perfect and it to me it feels like the the right kind of game to get a sequel because like as I'm playing the first one I'm like, this is cool, but I wish that they would do X Y and Z to make it better. Mm-hmm. Which is like a good place to be rather than something where you're like, this experience is perfect and I don't need anything else. Because then it's just right? over. Yeah. Uh, but it's basically this like stealth action game, uh, like first person takes place in a, uh, it takes place in not Britain. It's like, it's on these islands that that, that are uh, like kind of, you know, European looking with, it's in the industrial revolution. Uh, People keep describing like it king. as uh, whale punk. It's a weird term. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's got this, like... Well, the the world is really interesting because it has uh, this... It has, like, a very consistent sort of set of, like, rules about how the world works. And one of them is that, like, everything is powered by whale oil. And that, like, the whole society is sort of organized around whaling. Which is a whole part of, like, the themes of the game being... And this is what I actually... I, I like that it, like... There's a lot of kind of resonance between the different, like, thematic parts of the game... Like the game's just very, very oppressively like just depressing and and it's not a good place. <laughs> and part of that is that like almost unquestioned throughout the game is the fact that the entire society is built on the like murderous exploitation of whales. 
and it, right? it <laughs> like, and the whales they're they're funky looking whales, but it it doesn't right. make up for the fact that they're not treated very well. They're running out of whales. Yeah, and there are, there's like occasional lore you can find. There's a lot of like books around that you read that will talk about like like you'll occasionally see somebody be like, "Oh, we've done some research and found that the whales uh like maybe they have families or something, but no, they're just animals. There's no way like they could actually be, you know, worthy of not killing." <laughs> Wow, this sounds distressingly Western. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, this is like, I, I, if I didn't know better, I thought you would have been describing like any Bioshock after the first one. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's definitely Bioshock-esque, I'd say. I feel like it's less pretentious than the first Nothing Bioshock. Nothing gets as pretentious as Bioshock, come on. Yeah, because like it was like, oh, we quoted Ayn Rand and stuff. Like this is more just trying to build its own world rather than try to like prove how smart it is by quoting other things. And I love the first Bioshock game, but uh, yeah, like the the main thing, main problem I have with it is that the the stealth is like it's pretty good, but it's got that frustrating like balance issue that you sometimes get in stealth action games where it's like here's a million cool ways to kill people, and then it's like oh, but uh. Maybe you don't want to kill anybody. Here's two ways to get. Uh, it's them. my biggest complaint. Non-violently. Because <laughs> you've got like the rat swarms and you, there's abilities right, right. where you kill someone, they disintegrate. And then I'm, I was doing a, a clean hands run where you don't kill yeah. anyone. And I'm like, I'm going to use blink and yeah. blink. Right. Blink is, is teleporting. It's basically tracer from Overwatch. Yep. Can't use the uh, pistol. Can't use the cool right. spring razor traps that like yep. eviscerate people. But Most man, when you actually when you actually use those all those items, it's super cool. The problem is just that it it like in any stealth game that always feels sloppy when you're just killing it. And it's super easy. <laughs> if you do a playthrough right. where you're going pure violence, it's a fraction of the time. It just kind of sounds like my experience with Metal Gear Solid Five, except I was using all the cool stuff and I didn't play the right way. Yeah, I feel like because I just played Metal Gear Solid 4, like Metal Gear tends to give you a couple more interesting ways of dealing with things nonviolently. And that's what I like. That's what's kind of missing in at least the first Dishonored. Uh, like Metal Gear Solid 4 had, had you know, both your sort of sleep gun, your uh, like whatever tranquilizer gun and all this like camo stuff and uh, sleep mines and like even even in like the first game this didn't really show up in the fourth game i guess but like there were like chaff grenades and things like all all sorts of interesting ways of navigating and getting around stuff without having to kill people but yeah in dishonored you can do this teleportation move which is basically like you do it almost all the time because it's like it is really cool the teleportation adds this great like layer because you're not just running around on the ground you're kind of like you can you can jump up on buildings like using the teleportation. You can do really interesting stealth maneuvers like a guy like the classic stealth thing, right? Where you're like looking around a corner and a guy is walking down the hallway and you're like, oh, where do I go? In Dishonored, you can teleport behind him the moment before he turns the corner so that now like he you were there a second ago and now you're behind him and he doesn't see you like things like that are really, really cool. But you like you can get incendiary crossbow bolts and explosive oh, bullets you can't and ever use that because then you're right. just letting God the forbid. entire town because then it's, it's all tied into there's a, a chaos right. system where the more people you kill the more your chaos rating is and then you get a bad ending if you kill like i think it's more than 40 percent of any given level there's some threshold yeah uh going over time oh that's a little bit clearer than mass effect at least well, they don't well, tell you that. That's all people after the fact were like, hey, we calculated each civilian is worth blank number oops, of points. Spoilers. 
Yeah, I mean, they do tell you early on that the more you kill, the more you're going to increase the chaos, and that's going to give you a worse ending, or a darker ending, the way they put it. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, it gives you this like pressure to not kill, and... I think the it doesn't work out very well because you just have these two different pressures of like, here's all this cool stuff, but uh, don't use it. And it's like, come on, though. Like this, this and like there's so many cool moves you can do, like the spring razor stuff, which are like these little like tr- uh, they're like mines, I guess, but just like steampunk mines. Instead of exploding, it's all just right. like razor Shot wire. Ball. Yeah. But you can you can also stop time. And so like you'll sometimes get little tips. I haven't tried this yet, but you can you could stop time walk up to someone in a crowd, put a spring razor on them, walk away and start time up again. And then the spring razor will explode and kill everybody in the crowd. Like it's great. Uh, I killed a, uh, woman who's like this noble woman who I was like an assassination target. Cause I, I have like killed some of the assassination targets, but I tried not to kill most of the guards. Uh, and I killed her by, uh, kind of like I, I, I died a couple times. So I knew where she was going. She was going to like go to the bathroom. So, I went into the bathroom, summoned a horde of like flesh eating rats, shut the door and walked out. And then when she opened the door, she got eaten by the rats. <laughs> as terrible as that sounds, the it's uh, awful. Like, yeah, like, it was, like it's the, fun. <laughs> the non or the what they put in quotes, the nonviolent alternatives to taking out those targets are for mm. the most part worse than just outright killing them. Oh, in um, terms of being like more cruel. Yes. Yeah. So like hers, if you do it, can I spoil that? Are you going to play it again and doing? No, that? no, I don't. I don't. Oh, well, yeah. Wasn't it there like this one dude? Yeah, because I she, got the offer to she, do. Yeah, it. she's and got spoilers, a creepy stalker, yeah. and he's like, "Hey, if you knock her out, I'll take her away to an island, and she can be my sex slave for the rest of her life." <laughs> yeah, and you're like, really, "Okay, really sure, not good. I'll just trank her and carry her to the basement." Yeah, like uh, there, I I feel like as you get more upgrades, it eventually the nonviolent stuff starts to be cooler, but it takes a little bit. Like, I just now realized that I could do, like, this super cool move where I can, uh, like, I there was, like, a, a floor with, like, three people, and two of them were talking to each other, and I was like, all right, how am I going to take them all out non-lethally so I can get around them? And, like, usually you can wait and navigate around them, but I wanted to try something different because there's always, like, you know, six different ways to get through any situation in Dishonored. It's like, you can knock the guys out or kill them and walk through the door, or you can go around the window and then like teleport up through there or whatever but in this case i was like all right let me try this so i like step out into the hallway stop time shoot two uh two sleep crossbow bolts at the two guys talking to each other but they move slowly because i stopped time open the door into the other room shoot a crossbow bolt at the other guy start time up again and all three of them fall asleep at the same time beautiful yeah it was like really really cool the, the other cool thing is I never did it because it was too te- it it would feel too tedious after doing it normally. But you can play the entire game without using any of the magic. No blinking, no uh, mm-hmm. um, slow time. Essentially, they all the levels are based that you could just jump through it. You could sneak around people. You could climb the walls like a normal person. Yeah, I mean that is one of the things that makes it really good is how much variety you get in terms of how you can deal with stuff. It makes it easy, but you sort of make your own challenge because it's not easy for me because I'm trying to like not be detected and not kill anybody. But if you didn't care about any of that, you could blow right through the game super easily. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, the uh, Dishonored Two. I think the biggest complaint I've heard people say is it's more Dishonored. They didn't necessarily. It's oh. not like a huge jump. Um, they added a lot more non-lethal stuff you can do. There's a lot more That's non-lethal cool. powers if you go uh, a certain route. So 
I think it's it's definitely it's the, the perfect sequel because I wanted more Dishonored in there and say, hey, here's more Dishonored. Yeah, I I heard they have like a mind control thing now because they had possession before, which was very cool, where you could possess like rats or dogs or people. And I just recently used that in like a really kind of I thought it was a kind of clever way where I needed to like all I needed to do was read a note on a table. And so I just possessed the guard in the room and had him walk over and read the note and then like, you know, kind of teleported back out and then left. He's going, why am I reading this note? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Which is actually like, it's it's interesting because a lot of that stuff is not too far off from the the very few good parts of Watch Dogs of the first Watch Dogs, huh. which was all this sort of like just clever manipulation of indirectly getting things. to everything. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so you actually played Watch Dogs? Yeah, it was not good, but the stealth <laughs> parts were at, the stealth parts. Just that was actually really good. My favorite part in the first Watch Dogs was there's a there's all these areas where you need to like they're like restricted areas with all these guards and they're these little mini mini they're not like part of main missions but you just go in there to like get an item or something right and as soon as you walk within this perimeter they you know if a guard sees you you're you're gonna get caught uh but in at least one of them i found a way because you basically like kind of just possess cameras like if you if you have line of sight with a camera you can hack the camera and you can keep doing that with every camera that's within line of sight of the one that you're currently in so you can like kind of virtually navigate the space I figured out a way to stand outside of the restricted area and hack cameras in succession until I could hack into like I had line of sight on the thing I needed to hack into to get like the data I was looking for and did all of that without stepping foot inside of the actual area, which is like was a really, really cool. Like it wasn't even stealth as much. It was just like a puzzle. And it was basically you had to you had to like get a guy to i forget you had to like hack a door or something to open this door and and then there was like a a window shutter that was in the way from your camera being able to see the thing you were trying to look at but you what you could see was like a a cell phone and so you hack the cell phone to make it ring so that the guard walks into the room then hack the guards on body camera so that he like now you're looking from where his body is and he looks at the cell phone and as he turns there's one second where he's looking at the computer that you're trying to hack and then you hack that yeah (laughs) it was really cool (laughs) anyway that's like that's the sort of stuff that i I look for in like non-violent stealth game stuff Mm. and are you planning on playing the the, like the dlc to dishonor yeah i i got the new like the ps4 remastered definitive edition or whatever yeah yeah so because yeah, it definitely all it. of that stuff ties into two pretty oh, heavily. okay so and i'm really happy that two lets you like this isn't a spoiler because it's in all the marketing lets you play as emily the the like empress who you're trying to save in the the first game uh but i thought it was really stupid when i saw the ads for it and i was like why do you why do you still get to play as this like just lame white dude come on just let me play as like it's way more <laughs> interesting to play as this dethroned Western empress development for you <laughs> I'm super pumped because they just patched in a new game plus mode where it carries over your save. So you keep all your bone charms, all your runes and whatnot. But then it gives you access to both uh, skill trees, Emily and Corvo. Oh, uh, and Corvo. Emily and Corvo. So you can characters. mix and match whatever you want. You're super overpowered, but. Right. Yeah, you gotta love it's going to be yeah, I just, plus. I, I think just it's so funny all that, the like. relentless rats that you want. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think it's so funny that, like, Corvo is such a non character in the first game. Like, he's he's inconsequential he has a cool name that's about it and Carmel. and then like that's in the second game they're like right? is right? it that's no, a whiskey 
But in this in the second game, Tequila it's like sunrise. you're you're playing you're playing as like a uh like an empress who's been dethroned and she's trying to like get back to her throne and she's like being an assassin or whatever to do it. Uh that's so much more interesting to me than like uh here's this guy, this like guy who didn't talk much in the first game. He's gonna try to they, get they've given him a voice now. Right. Apparently he's deep and gravelly white guy. Does he have a shaved head? No. Uh, no. He's got, you know, he's he's like scraggly looking video game protagonist dude. Does he have does he have the dumb thing where it's like hair on the top but shaved on the sides? No, he's like he's he's scraggly wolfman. Scraggly That's wolfman. his look. Yeah. Okay. Uh but yeah, in the first game he does have a video game inflicted on him, <sighs> which is to say uh the empress who he serves who he probably they were probably having an affair. I don't know if that gets revealed at the end of the game. There's the banging. Uh, and her daughter, like she, the Empress gets killed and then her daughter there's gets the kidnapped. Violence. Right. Yeah. But there's the, there's the video game. It's like, oh no, this man had, uh, the woman he loved was killed and a young, a young girl was taken. So now he has to dad yeah. to save her. <laughs> 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 all right. All right. So Steven, we're supposed to oh, talk boy. about anime on this podcast, so that's that's. A rough I hear one. you've been watching Drifters, it's, which I have not. Anime, touched. manga, and video games. Yeah, Pick your poison. Right. So I was super excited when I saw that Drifters got announced as an anime. Um, I have the three released issues of the manga on my shelf, and then Dark Horse dropped it for a while, and then brought it back, or is bringing what? it back. So 2017 is going to be a great year. They actually dropped May it. or something. Well, they, they got three of the five out, or three of the four, I guess, at the time, and then they were just like, we don't really feel like releasing any more of this. Wait, so is it ongoing, or is it done? I think it's ongoing, because I think five just got put out. I could be wrong, but I'm assuming now that there's an anime, they were like, well, crap, we can probably make money off of this again, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's start sure. printing it. out of the vault. Yeah, but I definitely, it's, um, anime's done by the same people as what, Berserk is the, the comparable thing? Is it JoJo? Uh, yeah, I don't know if there's much of a connection there to either JoJo's or Berserk. I feel but, like someone uh, was it Helsing then. Yeah, no, no. I was gonna stuff. say the original manga. Manga is the same guy who yeah, did Helsing. Helsing. Yeah, yeah. I've I've definitely been enjoying it. Um, for anyone who doesn't know what Drifters is, it's kind of this. Almost feels like now that tying it back to Fates, but um, it's an alternate, like a fantasy world, and they're essentially pulling in, for the most part, famous people, uh, Oda Nobunaga. Some other famous Japanese war heroes. Wait, there's an anime with Oda Nobunaga in it. I can't. I can't. I was really shocked. He doesn't get yeah. enough enough credit huh. um, as a character. But so they get dragged in, and they're kind of they're doing their thing. War happens, fighting, lots of violence, typical stuff. But Any I've banging? been enjoying the story. Uh, no, surprisingly, no. Uh, that's a disappointment because at least Fate yeah. has the violence and the banging covered. Yeah, they've been making fun of one character for having boobs. Oh, that's and that's that's, oh, yep. that's about there all. There it is. There yeah. it is. There it I, is. I was I was. It took them a couple episodes to get to it. I was about to drop the series, and then <laughs> she shows up, and they they keep calling her. Man, what is her name? There's, they keep adding boob into the name, and that's it. That's I think it. That's, the, that's yeah. It's, there's it's, been no other real fan service. It's kind of shocking. The highest form of misogyny, like the most classy form of misogyny, is is that's it. It's just you uh, really just break somebody down to pieces when. Yep. You just add boob to their name. Yeah, they can't come back from that. No, you just they, they're they're stuck at the bottom. Burn, completely burned, <laughs> burned to the ground. Yeah, so I mean, it's got an interesting visual style, right? Because it's got the like yes, 
if I remember correctly, because I've just like seen, you know, bits and pieces of it, like really heavy lines and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do a good job. The The manga has a lot of how to like not deconstruction, but a lot of scenes where the art style will shift to something very simple and kind of outlandish looking mm. for some of the more comedy scenes. And they brought okay. that over yeah, into yeah. the the anime very well. Where it breaks down and then they're running Wait, in like two so frames per second. Is this a comedy or is this like serious? Like it's a mix like of the two. Gritty, like there's like the edgy. gritty war going on where they're we're gonna fight the empire and free the slaves and whatnot. Uh, and then they'll go to a section. They'll just be like, "I like to eat raspberries." So it's not like like Berserk doesn't have any comedy really, right? Yeah. So add some comedy onto that. Okay. Because like in my head, I'm thinking it was like Berserk, where it's just like super S- dark, straight dark violence. Yeah. Man, I'm okay. trying to find out. Someone definitely brought up Berserk in reference to it, and now I can't figure out where or why I have that in my head. I mean, probably just because of the dark fantasy thing. Yeah, like, they Berserk go into the same category. Reference point for a lot of fans, yeah. Yeah, but I've definitely been enjoying that, and I think that's the only thing I've been keeping uh, like very up with this season. You haven't been watching The Skating Boys? Oh, I haven't you been haven't, watching The Skating Boys. You haven't and, been watching... Are like the greatest JoJo's saga of all, featuring Killer Queen and Bites the Dust. <laughs> Come on! I watched some of the the magical what Magical Girl Raising Project was it? Oh right, yeah. <laughs> Did you watch it? I got it was oddly stressful the first episode because I spent the whole time sitting there going, "What like when is the violence going to happen?" Because it, it opens being this is going to be <laughs> dark, and people are going to go bad, and then the entire first episode is just very like upbeat, very uplifting. Everyone's happy. And like, okay, now they're going to die. Now, now there's, nope. No. <laughs> just keep, yeah. just keep waiting. And then it ended and I was like, what just happened? Yeah. Apparently it took like five or six episodes for it to start actually bringing the dark stuff in. And I don't know if I've talked to anybody who is enjoying that show. <laughs> I think like Dave Cabrera from Kawaii Kochans is like hate watching it. Oh, I like the way that he stated it where you have to watch something crappy to just kind of like just calibrate your expectations for the good stuff. Yeah, exactly. You won't recognize anything good unless you watch something on purpose that is very obviously bad. I've tried to do that. I tried to watch like the secret of Haruka Nogizaka or whatever, and I just couldn't even finish it. Like I didn't have the willpower to actually like stick through it without like without the the sort of motivation of reviewing it or something where I was just like, I'm just going to experience this. I got like five episodes in and I was like, nope, nope, nope. I have to spend my time on something better. Well, that's as much as you need it, I guess, just to know that good things are good and bad things are bad. Yeah. You need a baseline. Yep. Well, speaking of very, very good cartoons. Good cartoons. I think it's Top time shelf. To, to get into our main topic. We're going to talk about Aishiti. Aishiti. That's my favorite <laughs> perfume song. <laughs> I got very Aishiti. excited when I first opened it up, and I was like, AI City. Oh, sweet robots. Yeah, great. Yeah, it's about it's about artificial intelligence. Uh well, I can tell you one thing that this movie is definitely not about, and that is intelligence. <laughs> so, iCity uh, is a movie, an anime movie, that came out in 1986. Uh, it's created uh, based on a manga by a guy named, uh, goes by the name Shufo. Uh, I guess his real name is like Shuho Itahashi. Oh, and it's he, like, it's UFO Table. Yeah, it's like a, I, I think he's like really into the paranormal and stuff. So he did, he's like, probably named himself after ufos uh apparently after he worked on this he worked on an x-files manga adaptation so this guy is like into psychic stuff and alien stuff and whatever uh and it was uh it's like a seinen manga it came out in 1983 
So the anime came out 86, not long after that. And uh, it's directed by Koichi Mashimo, who's like a really weird director who is <laughs> extremely like inconsistent in terms of his output. So he directed stuff that people really like, like Captain Tyler, which I'm a big fan of, and uh, Dirty Pair Project Eden, which I haven't seen, but Ooh. everybody I know likes it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Have you seen Project Eden? I actually haven't seen yeah, that. I saw no, the TV I, series. Project, Project Eden. Okay, so that, that makes a lot of sense because uh, Ice City f- felt like a really incoherent string of possibly music videos <laughs> that were like, there's a, there's a bit of plot that serves as connective tissue. But Project right. Eden, it actually, yeah, no, stylistically, that is a more co- a more coherent collection of uh, music videos. <laughs> I mean, it, they're they're both kind of fun, but like Project Eden is legitimately good, while this other one is uh, questionable. So Koji Mashimo is also the founder of B Train, which is not a very good studio. They're the ones who did like mm. all the dot hack shows. Yeah, the really me... infamous Tsubasa Reservoir Chronicle adaptation. <laughs> Wait, when the Doc Hat shows were on uh, what Toonami or something? I mean, some they, of them they made were it big yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a very very good successful studio. They got stuff on Toonami, and Toonami definitely only ever has good cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> definitely didn't get shut down at some point. <laughs> um, yeah, apparently also was the chief director of Urashimon, which is not super surprising to me because there's some similarities here in Ice City. So the thing is, uh, I city is, uh, it's not good, but it wasn't bad either. Yeah. It's well, th- that makes okay, it sound so, like we have the lamest opinion of it. Like, well, no, it no, just no. existed <laughs> very middle of the road. Okay. <laughs> plot wise. There's no saving that. <laughs> Wait, a, was there a com- plot? It's a complete mess of a plot. I, David and I watched it together. We were like, we're like, you know, uh, live watching on a, in like a Google Hangout. And we were just kind of shouting the whole time, like, what is happening? Like, there's there's a scene. There's a scene in this movie where a character says, uh, someone says, like, wait, what's going on? And then another character says, let's save the explanation for later. And David and, and I were like, just a disappointment. Sec, what about the now? disappointment that we knew we were never going to get it. It was with I, that was what said with such certainty that we were never going to get an explanation. There were multiple points where I thought my video skipped, <laughs> or like I fell asleep because it it just doesn't flow. There's it does not. <laughs> whoever was cutting it together was. You're like, wait a sec, did, yeah, is this like, it's missing a scene, right? <laughs> so, iCity, uh, as, mu- as much as I can attempt to describe what it's about, it takes place in definitely not New York City. Definitely don't think it's New York City, because like the presence of the Chrysler building and the subway. Uh, subway. subway, all of these things should not indicate to you that it's New York City, because it's definitely not. It's definitely uh, like some f- other future city. Future City set in 1983. Is it is it set in 1983? Yeah, I guess. I, I'm looking at the Wikipedia out. page and it says the manga. It's it. The plot is 1983. <laughs> I didn't know that. So this is this is a history. This is a right, right. retelling of truth. actual events. <laughs> <laughs> it's historical fiction. That's uh, that's, that's right, the New York right. that we don't know anymore. Because, yeah, exactly. Uh, Giuliani came in and cleaned it up. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it was, right? He went in, he like uh, arrested all the the uh, like head meters, the fair jumpers, whatever the people jumping over the turnstiles, and all of those were were head meter psychics. What's a head meter, you ask? 
we're asking that too. Uh, this movie's full of like nonsense. Uh, well, no, no, turns. it was pretty straightforward. They were people no, I mean, with meters no, head on meter their was heads. Kind of, it was kind of clear. Yeah, that's that's true. I'm being a little bit uncharitable there. They're people with meters on their heads that indicate how psychic they are, but like it changes that's, that's on based the head, on their. Right? Yeah, it's. <laughs> But like it changes, so it's like uh, it, it's like a Dragon Ball Z power level, like exactly like a Dragon Ball Z power level, where when they get angry and power up, the number goes up. Uh, <clears throat> and it honestly, like the elements like that are not the dumbest thing. Like it could work, sure. Because it, it, uh, I mean, it worked for Mob Psycho One Hundred. Yeah, just didn't yeah. work in this in this movie. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is that it, it it's not actually that far off from being something cool. Like there's yeah, elements that's, that's to it most, that would have been so, good. It's such a painful thing because it, it honestly feels like like the first draft for Akira that got thrown out, and then this guy <laughs> just found it in the trash. <laughs> so it's basically about it's about psychics fighting in a future city, oh, not a future city, a historical city. Uh, but like, yeah, it's a lot like Akira in that sense, I guess. But uh, if like if you thought that you've watched the Akira movie and you were like, this is this is like a little incoherent. I'm not sure what's going on. Then I city <laughs> is going to throw you for quite a loop <laughs> because it makes Akira look like, you know, just it makes it look like it's spoon feeding you every single plot point. Um, I also, I felt like it also, maybe it was because it was so incoherent. I felt like it was, it felt much longer than it actually was. <laughs> I got to a point and I'm like, okay, it's been going on for, it had to have been, I felt like yep. two hours. I'm thinking this got to be rolling around and I, I moved the mouse and the time came up and it's like, you were 30 minutes into this film. I think David said I, the same thing. <laughs> I, I cried a little bit. I paused it. I had some dinner. Yeah. And no, I was counting down as I was watching that. Uh, and honestly, like if you think about it, they don't really do too much. They like spend a night. It's, it's essentially just a, a, a film about life in New York like one crazy night out in New York. <laughs> it's the 80s. Um, drugs are rampant. Uh, there's a lot of bokeh everywhere. Oh my God. This is a movie about bokeh. Like yeah. it's, it's David and I couldn't stop. I don't know if you noticed this, Steven, but David and I could not stop talking about it. Like bokeh being the, uh, the sort of circles of light that you get when things, when like a camera is, I actually don't know how people get oh, it. Oh man. Like I, a, I did like some like of the lighting effects, effect. the beginning yeah. of it. <clears throat> But it, the bokeh is there for the entire movie. It never goes away. Like every time there's a scene with cars driving, there's bokeh. There's it just shows up in like scenes, like action scenes where it probably shouldn't be there. Like <laughs> it's it's like it's it's in the ending song too. Like the animation at the end also has bokeh. It, they were just like someone visited New York once and they were like, oh man, like lots of lights, huh? Well, I know how to depict lights. Yeah, it's kind of like you get like. Like a super amateur photographer who's just discovered Bokeh to like just do all yeah, the effects yeah. in this movie, and that's that's the result. Oh god, yeah. I ha I have it paused, and yeah, I I came back to it, and the the intro is just there's circles everywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I was I was of the mind that I actually enjoyed that just because of like the really like just thick thick shadows on everything, and of course this is all drawn like they're yeah. on. There, there's at least something to appreciate just the amount of effort that went into it like that chase scene like for as many ridiculous mm -hmm, things mm -hmm. as are peppered into it especially that ending where they just open a rift in time or something and <laughs> well, then they throw we're gonna spoil this by the throw, way everybody they throw like their prisoner no not their prisoner they throw the 
biker gang leader into it and then she's there for like a minute or two and then she comes out naked right something like that uh yeah it's like it's like the biker gang psychic lady who's chasing them and who by the way like the movie starts in media res it just begins with a car chase right which is okay that's fine if you go on to explain things later uh which they don't <laughs> uh they literally postpone that explanation in that car scene that car chase uh what's going on <laughs> you wouldn't believe us if we told you <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> so like you meet her for all of 30 seconds and she's like i'm chasing you and it's like you don't know why she's chasing them and then before you figure out why she's chasing them She's thrown into the dimensional rift and comes out with amnesia, and now she's on their side, and she's naked. And, and she's she, in love with the drunk. <laughs> she's in love with the drunk detective guy, who's not a detective anymore because his wife left him or something at some point. <laughs> he talks about yeah. that. P.I. <laughs> um, and uh, basically, the star of the movie is naked lady, who at one point wears uh, wears a bunny suit. Uh, just find it a random request. store. <laughs> On the request of the PI, uh, and ha- who is like has the most nonsensical motivations for everything. Like she just comes out of the dimensional rift, and she's like, "Now I'm on your side." She uh, kills one of her one of the people on her. I- I'm doing this completely out of order, but she kills one of the people on on like her side originally. One of the people who like she used to work with, and then regains oh, her yeah. memories. And then she's like, "Well, um, I guess I can't go back now, so I'm still in love with the PI." Like. <laughs> Um, I got really thrown off. Uh, the guy she, or was it the guy she killed? One of those two uh, it was, it men was, guys. It was one of the Blues Brothers, yeah. Yeah, but like everyone had single or, or like letter names. Like, oh, I'm, I'm K Mr. and J. she's I. Yeah, yeah, um, right, she's and then, K. then one guy was, one of the tuned, one of the guys that died, or maybe didn't die, one of the two tuned guys had a single letter, and then his partner was like, Ryan. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> I'm Jay. Right. I'm Ryan. Wait, what? Who's naming them? Uh, We only had space for like one more uh, spot in the alphabet. So only one of you guys is going to get it. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, God. Like the the, those guys don't make much sense. It's just like there's a bunch of it it definitely feels like it's a a manga that was adapted because it's got all these like pieces that maybe would have made more sense if they were in their own chapters where it's like they keep having more bad guys thrown at them uh which i guess is kind of what gogo 13 does but i like gogo 13 uh it's just that they're also supposed to have motivations or something right but there's never any attempt to actually dig at it yeah and it has lots of that sort of what you'd probably expect from one of these things which is uh, people like changing sides, like the they kill one of the Blues Brothers, and then he joins, or he doesn't. He does. He ends up joining them at the end because yeah. they they have to fight. <laughs> Which made no the sense. Real bad guy who's like the the little like uh bubble boy who's like sitting inside of the body of the the big. He's like possessing. Oh, the I giant love that body. guy. <laughs> the design the guy on that's could, ridiculous. I could never figure out like just how to scale he was drawn ever i don't know if that was a regular I mean, guy just chilling in a tub or if that was just, on the top of a giant robot i don't know if the guy was regular size or if he was actually just like a, just like a little like he's, he just he's regular size but he's just he's like inside of the head of a large man yeah <laughs> 
or is no, he or, no one... or is he tiny and just inside of the head of a regular sized dude? Because he's never drawn to like comparison next to any of the other characters, <laughs> and it doesn't even matter because he has like five transformations at the end. He's added That's in right. at a later date. He turned the the he turns into like a big big monster thing, right? Uh, but he gets two heads first. That's right. He, oh no! My favorite part there is that he grows two heads as like a show of force or something. There's a lot of like there's a lot of power plays in this movie. All right. A what are you gonna psychic, do now? There's a lot of psychic people like just, just just using their psychic powers as like a power play to kind of like show the room that they mean business. So the the first one is when the uh, the guy the guy with like the goggles or whatever who looks like Basque Ohm from Zeta Gundam. Uh, he like when he first shows up, it's a bunch of people standing around a room arguing about something, and he hovers in the room, and he hovers the entire time. And it's like powerful, powerful people don't have to walk into exactly. The room. Like that shows the room that you're in charge. Like I don't walk. I and don't it was on, fucking it, walk. It was in, on purpose. Like there were I least, own this place. There are at least two direct shots that just showed him hovering <laughs> off the ground, <laughs> coming and going from the room. Uh, so that's like that's power play number one. The second one is they're like, oh no, we've all been played by Master Blaster or whatever. Uh, and he, he like he's like check out my glorious genetic psychic powers or whatever. And he's inside of the bubble, right? So like he, he he's still in there, and he grows a second head. And it's like, who cares? You're still inside the bubble. The second head doesn't do anything. And then they tried to do the really neat um, effect where, like, the two heads were essentially speaking the same conversation but taking turns. Right. But they did not animate that well at all. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, like, yeah, lots of lots of psychic power plays, and maybe the bunny suit's also a power play. It's like, look, if I can, I don't even need an actual costume. Like, (laughs) just imagine what I could do if I'm like wearing my actual work clothes. Uh, I have lots of notes that are like not actual notes on the movie. They're just like gibberish, stupid things that I noticed. You start having a stroke from all the light effects. Uh, we we do need to talk about flashbacks, which is definitely a big theme of this movie. Or were they flash forwards? Were they? Like, there there are lots of scenes of flashing back and forth between different like timelines and things, but they're never indicated clearly as flashbacks. Were there like, even timelines? I'm not even sure. <laughs> Well, I just mean that it's like, it's the, so the, just... the main character or like one of the main characters, like the dude, he's trying to get, uh, he was, he and his girlfriend were captured and turned into psychics or something. But his girlfriend, as we find out, was cloned and made into I, who's the, the sort of like cute girl mascot character of the movie. And so she is, and this is, this is one of the weirder parts of the movie. She is his girlfriend, but like 10 years younger. And he's like. Uh, I'm her father. I'm basically her adopted father. <laughs> uh, to which the PI says at one point in the movie, uh, oh, cool. So like in 10 years, you can marry her. <laughs> it's just a matter of patience, really. <laughs> he so says I, some, something to that effect. At the start of the film, I thought they were just the same age sitting in the car. I don't know if it's the perspective, but I thought they were the same height. Yeah, and you know, like, like, oh, it's like, to you. that's the yeah. thing, uh, that's the thing, Steven, is age is just a social construct, I mean, when you think about oh, it. Oh, of, of course. Yeah, it's not, it's not real, yeah, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> See, I got super confused when they got out of the car, and she's, like, half his height. Right, right. 
Yeah, because she's an actual child. Yeah. Uh, like, what? So he's trying to like get his. I, what what is he trying to do? I forgot now. Is he actually trying to get his girlfriend back, or is he trying? No, to get I don't revenge? think so. I thought he was just like, I'm going to protect this little girl. Okay, that's he right, right, because right, he's not actually. He's just trying to escape. That's all that they're doing. Uh, but they're being chased down. But uh, <laughs> there's at one point where they like they flash back to when he got captured, but it happens like in the middle of a conversation, but without any sort of uh. Like, it, it's all shot wrong. Like, the editing, like you said, Steven, is just, it's completely off. Yeah. So it's like, someone's, like, the PI is asking him, like, why are you guys doing this? And he goes, like, oh, it's a long story or whatever. Or, or he says, like, oh, I don't know if I could tell you. Something like that. And he just stops and, like, looks off into the distance. And it kind of just feels like the scene's over. And it, it, like, cuts. And you're like, oh, we're gonna we're looking at something else now. And then it's, it's him and his girlfriend. And... Like a minute later, it cuts back, and it's like, oh, that was his flashback. Like he was relaying the story. <laughs> uh, no, but, but I think the most, I think the part when I knew it was like just wrong what they were doing was because they had that one scene where you see the the private investigator's door, right? <laughs> and it's just it just it's zooming in for like uh, thirty seconds, it's so good, and then it cuts to the vacation. <laughs> The imagined vacation it's that may or scene. may not have happened. And it's like, it's like, it's like just done in like two colors, which is like white and blindingly light. Blue. I'm still not sure. They kept showing the the shot of what was apparently a hat floating in the water. Yeah, yeah. It looked like a Which jellyfish. I was like, is it a jellyfish? Is it her bra from before? Um, I thought it was and, a dead uh, fetus, to be honest. Yeah, so did I. I had no idea I what was going on until. It was drawn so strangely and that was the final yeah. shot in that until 80 scene. minutes into the film someone goes oh my hat and <laughs> they bring they do that it scene sort of re- again it sort of resolves the, the the quantum uncertainty They're like oh it's a hat <laughs> got it it's a the cat, cat the cat then the whole the whole film clicks together and i was like okay yeah i can i can get with this you know when the, when they showed it for the second time in like the final confrontation, I honestly thought that it was actually just a metaphor for banging, so that the <laughs> alleged clone eye is actually like his real daughter or something. Oh, like he actually just he had he had he, like he his forgot about had that a daughter, and then yeah, he might have just forgotten yeah. that he had a daughter, and it's been like I don't know. Yeah, it's, I mean it's just the the movie is such a mess. I just I cannot <laughs> actually glean any sort of like real meaning as to what any of the images on the screen actually mean. I mean, David though, that, that scene with the PI office might be the high point of the movie. Like that cut. No, it's just, it zooms in on the door. No, well that's and, the best and, and cut. It's, it's totally like an establishing shot of the office. And you're like getting ready to cut into the office. Like any normal filmmaker would do. And then it hard to smash cuts to the beach. What? <laughs> It's a trap door. Right at the scene of the PI's office. And then right after that, we're in the PI's office. Like, that didn't happen at all. (laughs) But no, Evan, the best scene, the actual best scene in that movie is definitely the the musical number. Oh, the musical number is the best. In the middle of it. It, Was it like actually dead center in the middle? Was it before or after the floating heads? Do you remember this? I might have blacked out. Oh my God. Steven, this song. Oh no way! I'm vaguely. God, I I clicked into the random middle and I got the the floating hat again, and it's it's not a hat. It can't be a hat. What 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 is it? I don't know. It's just like a someone threw a a bag in the ocean. This whole thing was about pollution, actually. It's about littering. <laughs> uh, like when 
when did the the music number happen? Because they're fighting. Oh a no! Wait! No! There. Wait! Wait! I think I got it. Okay, so um, they jumped out the of the building. The lyrics of that song. The lyrics of Jay that song died. are explain everything that you need to know about the movie. They also fought oh, a transformer at one point, which might have been my high point. Oh, he did. There's a robot. There's a robot. Like it turns into a plane. A robot. In the whole. Oh movie. yeah, that's the part I hated. Oh. Right, David was really angry when the robot showed up. <sighs> I'm angry it, any time that it becomes a mecha. I feel like they were going down a checklist. They're like, okay, it's the '80s, guys. The 1980s. I'm shocked you don't remember the song. <laughs> I think I think I do, and I was it, trying it, like, to plays in the background during the fight with the tuned man. <laughs> Which was it was a nicely choreographed fight. Um, the fight scenes aren't actually that bad. Like no, it, it I really good. liked it's the floating heads. animated. Like yeah, no, the floating heads was cool. The floating heads. It, if I weren't being ironic, the floating heads is the actual high point of the movie. Like they, <laughs> they look really cool. They don't make any sense. Like why would you attack somebody? With okay, okay, heads? I found, I found cool. it. It looks cool. It is the fight with the tuned men. Doing some. Dang, I can't. Uh, I don't know. He's got super psychic powers. All right, all right, all right, Stephen. You gotta, you gotta like write them down or something, and then give us a reading. Give us a reading of all the. Oh god, there's no subtitles for it though. Yeah, it's in English. Because you can figure it out. Yeah, it's, I don't. Why is it in English? <laughs> <laughs> He's a man. He's a special man. He's a psychic fighter, <laughs> fighting for justice for the uh, face of our lives. That one, I don't know what they're saying. Every day, and I call his name when you're in trouble. He'll be there to save you. He's a man. He can see a thousand miles away. He's got super psychic power. None, the thing is, none of the- <laughs> I can't do it justice because, like, part of it is how the guy sings it. It's just like this staccato, like, he's a man. He's a special man. He's a psychic <laughs> fighter. <laughs> Come it, on, Evan. You are the, the singer among the oh, three My of voice us. is dying today, but, like, man, it's, it's actually better than the the other really good insert song that describes the character which is the Lupin insert song <laughs> where it's like David and I quote this all the time it's he's like a nice the one man. That, it's like he's a nice man oh he's a Lupin the 3rd uses his Walther but he's cool you know the machine cries <laughs> I think that might be the best line the machine cries the machine no I I really like but he's cool you know but like it, it's that, but like, what if Lupin were psychic, right? Mystery, our man fighting for our lives. He's the man. Uh, it's basically like that's what you need to know about the movie. Uh, there's like a video somebody put up of it, like in Portuguese or something, of just that fight scene. <laughs> Which you can go to find it. God, I think I saw that video and I was like, why is this the only thing that's showing up? And it's just a psychic man is the name of the video. <laughs> <laughs> After you, he's got holy power. He's a man, he's a special man, he's a psychic fighter. Fighting for justice, for the peace of our lives every day. And I call his name when in trouble. If they do say. He's a man born to risk his face from an evil animal. He can see 
we're trying to get away from the bad psychics and the cat's like i'm i what does what does the cat do the cat's like the put cat on a wears vest clothes it puts on like a vest and a little star on his vest <laughs> like why why is this cat here why is it but it turns out the cat is there because the cat can activate eyes special powers because the cat's also a psychic but in like the, there was a in one of the flashbacks they have the cat in the past yeah, or the what i'm assuming was the past the, the cat is like, but they don't they don't show the part where they like they put the password into the cat. It's like in the background as a passing. <laughs> infer that on your own. Listen, this is a movie for like the thinking man. All right, Steven, you gotta really be able to put the pieces together yourself. Well, yeah, I had a um, I had a tack board behind me with like the pictures and the yeah, the, the, the red yarn. yarn. It says who right in the middle of it. Well, no, no, no. There's only one question that you need to ask when watching I City. And it's, what's the password? <laughs> uh, spoilers, as you'll find out, uh, when when the cat sort of like hypnotizes I, because whatever, she's like the key to something in the, the trigger. city. She's the trigger for like the genetic psychic. Manip- I still don't know what this is, but they talked a whole <laughs> bunch about like humans who are psychically manipulated or something. Manipulating Someone found genetic- a biology textbook and... <laughs> Like, but it was like it was in English, so he didn't really know what it said. I mean, I I remember the the science of this movie just about as well as I remember the science of like G Savior, which is to say, in G Savior, I remember uh, algae. That's it. So, like, she this the cat like does some weird eye stuff to her. Uh, this is eye like like E Y E. Just to be clear, uh, like looks her in the eyes and. Then they get it hypnotizes her or something. It activates her, and then she gets her like psychic powers. And it's it's her who says it, right? She's like the password is I City, which is completely <laughs> not explained. Okay, I think even in the eighties, you could have brute forced that in less amount of time than the runtime of that film from start to yeah, finish. She just sits in a back room. have at least 12 characters, including uppercase, lowercase letters, numbers, and a piece of punctuation. This doesn't meet the password requirements. So more appropriate uh, title would have been like capital A-I uh, city... Uh, one, uh, two, three, one. exclamation point. Yeah, there, there can't be a space that's not a valid password it's character. Actually, it's 4 uh, <laughs> c 4-1-C-1-7-Y, exclamation point. But it's not enough characters, David. Wait, what if so the whole... underscores at the end. The password is, the password is iCity. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Um, man, I kind of want to try to like explain what the end of it's about, but I actually don't know. Was there an end? Well, well, well nothing okay. ever really ends because <sighs> I City uh, just keeps going in a loop or something. It's, a, it's like a groundhog, horrible groundhog day. Yeah, no, that that is honestly that ending is kind of the same thing as Taxi Driver. Oh yeah, yeah. Have you seen that? I have seen Taxi Driver, but it's been a long time. Um, But I mean, yeah, what you're saying is this movie is just as good as Taxi Driver, right? Well, I mean, they're both classic New York movies, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Classic depictions 
of life in New York. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Accurate depictions. They're period pieces, really. Or I, I guess that's not what Taxi Driver is. But they really show you what life was like at the time when the movie was made in New York City. Mm-hmm. Which is it's crazy They're because those were like made during that time. They're like they they were contemporary movies. Like when found they came a picture out. of New York. And now they're it's, they're it's, like they, watching I City is like looking at a picture of New York. <laughs> I think my favorite a lot of is bokeh effect. during the intro going through. There's a it's like a Panasonic billboard and it says just slighty ah. <laughs> what? There is actually it, a billboard that says THX, THX eleven thirty eight, yes. which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, like most of the billboards and like the subway signs made sense, and then there's one that's just on the side of a building, just slighty ah. And is that I don't that, know what they were. Well, that's the old password. <laughs> <laughs> that's the default password that comes with it from the, like straight out of the factory. <laughs> um, I'm looking at my notes to see if I have anything else. Oh, well, you know we we didn't talk about um tower fraud. <laughs> Tower fraud. The name of okay. So the fraud fraud is the name of the organization, which is like that's really good, right? Like that's like you know how people call like the the mafia Murder Inc. Like what if they were actually just called Murder Inc. <laughs> and they just erected a thousand floor tower in the middle of the city. It's called Tower Murder, and they were like, I wonder what goes on inside of Tower Murder, and they were like, Oh, you know, finance. <laughs> It's called Tower Fraud, and it's the largest tower in New York City. And it's like, it's rainbow, so it's also it's a very progressive movie, right? I mean, this is like 1983 New York, which is just like totally okay with LGBT stuff. Mm-hmm. But not not apparently um, like naked robot men. They just mistreated. It's it's really sad. Right, just like real 1983 New yeah, York. Yeah, like... Like, like, uh, I guess raising your, your, um, underage clone girlfriend until she's of age to marry is fine. Yeah. Like they're very tolerant in, in the, in this accurate real version of New York. You know, New York was wild back then. Just a different time. I'm looking at my notes. Uh, there was some line where a character says, oh, it's an anti-clone type organizer. And I do, I don't know what I didn't know what that was when they said it, and I still don't know what that is. <laughs> oh, but it's great looking at the the Wikipedia K two in the I guess the manga K2 is, is the, K's the... feminized clone. Wait, what? K two is not K's in feminized movie? clone who was born through chromosome manipulation. Holy crap! It's not in the movie at all. I guess I should have figured that out because she was called K two. <laughs> wait, wait a sec. They did have space in the alphabet. They just don't like Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> he could have been E2. They, they didn't invite him to the meeting. He, he found it anyways. <laughs> Guys, do I get my letter now? Um, I, I, we can't. He's not just... actually a member of the organization. Like He's just <laughs> hanging out with his brother. <laughs> they're, they're like, oh, you brought Ryan again? Come on. My mom told me I gotta bring him places. <laughs> I, gotta, I don't wanna get yelled at. I gotta like I'm a chaperone, guys, alright? I gotta ask, is Mr. Lee, the guy with the goggles, was he one of the researchers? I wasn't totally clear. I think so. Uh he had hair in the flashback, I think. Okay, but he still had the mustache. That's how you knew it was him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which he had under his, his face mask yeah. for whatever reason. Just like, the mustache. His bane. He's he shows up with like a bane face mask and a basque ohm set of goggles for the entire movie. 
Did we like? I mean, we didn't cover the like Akira style flesh beast at the end. Um, um well, no, that's I'm, to be expected. I'm, I don't even know if that <laughs> happened. Really, honestly, though, like it. This bio pollution, like as I guess, I, I don't want to say that it's forgettable, but it's definitely not making coherent images in my mind that ending is to a certain degree a little bit more horrifying than what happened in akira and then it just ends and everything is fine and everybody walks away oh right right, and right. we begin the time okay so yeah I'm, it's starting to come back to me that like what happens at the end is basically like i is not human she's like some kind of genetically manipulated something and She's biopollution. She's biopollution. And biopollution is something about humans messing with alloy. biology. And, yeah, alloy. Evolution. Genetic alloy, which I didn't. You've broken the, the law of evolution. <laughs> yeah. So she, like, is the key to replacing humans with a new biopollution something. The alloy, the genetic alloy is superior to humans then, or something. At the same time, she's also the key to not doing that. Because they the whole point they made her because they were like oh we can encode normal people in this little girl and then keep her around I guess yeah I don't really remember any of that uh, but basically they yeah they blow up the entire like uh, genetic alloy thing and the whole city blows up or something right am I remember that correctly like there's, there's it, an explosion <laughs> and the whole city gets blown up and then, and then it's it. and then it's back and then they're they're on the street and they're like oh this yeah, is okay it's like there's some debris and they're like whoa well glad we all got out all right like, <laughs> i i honestly thought when they're having the fight in the tower and k2 shot the big flesh beast thing a bunch of times and it mm-hmm. just plopped i thought the movie was over i thought they were going to end on that <laughs> this super unsatisfying just not even a firefight just I don't know what to call that. She screamed a bunch and shot the gun. Right. And I oh, thought yeah. the credits were going to roll. Didn't she like, she went crazy and shot the gun. And then like, it was that, that thing where it's like, she runs out of bullets and it's like, K2, you got to stop. Calm down. <laughs> she <laughs> killed Ryan. <laughs> she killed Ryan. It's like Ryan. And everybody like Ryan died. I don't know if it was Ryan or E who dies, but let's say that Ryan died. Ryan dies. And they're like, Ryan, oh god, and E is like standing by his corpse, and everybody's like kind of awkward, and they're like, "Who's Ryan again?" <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, yeah, basically, it just restarts. It it starts right back up at the the car chase scene, and I think like maybe you know, none of us really understood what was going on in this movie, right? But like, I think our the mistake that we made, the chief mistake, was we didn't just start it over from the beginning. Well, speak for yourself. I've had it on loop for all day. What? Oh, you did. Did it make more sense? Like once you sort of saw the time loop kind of working itself no. out? Nope. <laughs> um, it might be a more long-term thing, thing so I'll, I'll keep up with it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Just in the background. Just a, just running as a process. I mean, iCity's not really a movie. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought I thought it was more like like like, you know, like. Like a song where, you know, once it ends, you play it again because you enjoyed the song so much. Right. It's just part of your normal daily playlist. Yeah. Yeah. This song that we definitely liked a lot. (laughs) Uh, Any any final thoughts on iCity or as it's called in Italian, uh, La Notte dei Cloni. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure what that means. Not my favorite and Batman, to be honest. <laughs> what? Not the Clooney. Oh, shut up! Stop. 
stop. <laughs> That's it. That was like a long walk. <laughs> um, yeah, final thoughts on uh, on Ice City. Ooh, um, I would put it as a must must watch. Must Absolutely. Watch. Yeah. Okay. Must okay. watch. Must watch and must kill self after. <laughs> yes, it's kind of um, uh, what, 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 like when they do the uh, what movie am I thinking about? Silent Green, when they put you in the chamber and it's like, this is what you're going to watch as you die uh, to become Silent Green or Soylent Green. They just they play Ice City and you're like, <laughs> OK, I like it's it's best that I'm going now. Right, right. It kind of mentally prepares you for what's coming. Yeah. Uh, David. Well, in all seriousness, um, Ice City is more like a pyramid scheme where you just dupe your friends into watching it. So I got duped by his friends to watch it. And, and then, then I duped, duped you guys. Us. God, it's like that that new so, malware where you have to get two people to pay for it. So yeah, so now Evan's uh, free. Evan's free. It's, it, it's like the pylon in uh, in I don't remember the name of the stand. It's like the pylon in JoJo's where uh, I'm stuck inside the pylon, and the only way for me to get out is to uh, is to get somebody else to get in, and then you can't leave if you're the person left in the pylon. You can't leave because if you do, you'll get turned into metal. Uh, that's me. I'm uh, a victim of that stand. So I will make the valiant sacrifice of not recommending anybody to watch this. <laughs> I'm going to take it to your grave. I'm going to perpetuate the pyramid scheme. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just handing out burned copies of it on the street. Uh, uh, I said he's not. Uh, it's not a good movie. It not does actually have. It does have some cool stuff like this. Some of the animation looks cool. And it's like Giant heads. Yeah. if you don't pay attention to the, any of the plot. Uh, which it would be hard to pay attention to it because it doesn't make any sense. Uh, then, like, yeah, there's some stuff that looks cool. All, all the heads, some of the fight scenes are cool. Uh, the it pretty much you would only watch it because it's funny. Uh, so I would recommend that people go uh, go watch it and talk about Does it on your at- podcast. Let's spread this some more. <laughs> <laughs> Saturating the podcast industry. That's right. Uh, yeah, I think that that might be, uh, might be my final thoughts on it. I should say where you can get it, which is nowhere. It's was once licensed in, uh, I mean, nowhere legally. It was, uh, licensed, I think by like right stuff at some point, at least it says so on Wikipedia, but it's definitely not in print. We had to go through, uh, other means. There are people fan subbing it. So you can, you can go find it. Somewhere. I saw an unsubbed version on YouTube. It seemed to be the entire thing an hour and a half long. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, while it doesn't have English subs, thankfully, nope. you, you will know at least the one part of the, the plot will be explained to you because you'll know about K because that part's explained in English through subs. Oh, maybe, maybe that's the mistake we made. We, we, we used subs. Oh. It tainted the experience. That's true. True new types can understand without words. Um, so I think that's it for, uh, for our iCity podcast. I want to thank uh, Gerald and Daryl for... Uh, for pushing this on people. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's quite an experience and I think we got a pretty good show out of it. Honestly, I am going to feel so bad if like in a year's time, right stuff mistakenly believes that there's actually a push for more ice <laughs> and they bring it back. Let's kickstart. I two. Let's, let's not. What a horrible mistake we've made. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Uh, only, you, you can't only, you should, you only shouldn't do that. It packs in a soundtrack CD. You you shouldn't you shouldn't call it iCity too though because uh you you shouldn't just increment your passwords it makes them predictable. Ah. Oh. 
All right, thank you for listening to this podcast. We went on a little long, but I think we had fun. We have some questions. We're going to answer at least one of them. We have a Twitter question from your friend and mine, Alive in the Wired, Inaki. And he asks, I only see it talked about in relation to its ending. He's talking about iCity. Would would it be as well-remembered as it is without that, or does it hold up? Uh, It's not just the ending, dude. It's the cat. <laughs> it's the uh, like the bunny suit. It's the it's song. song. <laughs> it, it, I, it, I feel it, like it, the it's bunny the suit. Private eyes office door. The bouquet. <laughs> There's the a lot bunny going suit on. on all things was probably the least impactful. Like that's crazy. I'm, nev- I'm not going to remember the bunny suit in a week's time. Honestly, though, are you going to remember like the in- cat wearing the wearing like the? Of course, he's store. going to haunt for, me in my dreams. For 1986, though, that was cutting edge. Seriously, the, guys. The bunny suit? I think the bunny suit was post-Dicon animation. So, like, I don't know about that. They perfected the bunny suit. That's right. Yeah, this is the ultimate form of the bunny suit. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's definitely memorable for a lot of the other stupid stuff that it does. And the heads. The flying heads are actually kind of memorable, so... Man, I I I want to see the flying heads done in something um, that's not Ice City. Well, the floating heads are part of the final boss in Mega Man X Four, <laughs> so okay. I recommend you play Mega Man X Four. Uh, actually, wait. Good game. Speaking of the ending, uh, the AWO folks pointed this out in their podcast, but I will also mention it. Uh, Helen McCarthy, who we have on this, we had on this show uh, for like an interview a while back, uh, is a fan of Ice City. Like she's had genuine, she genuinely likes iCity and has actually said, I think in one of her books and also it's in the anime encyclopedia, which is like co-written by her, that it has uh, like one of the best endings in anime. I would love to know what part of the ending she's referring to. <laughs> what, if, what if she watched a different movie than us? Right, right. Like it's a, just like had the like same a different, different release, <laughs> a secret studio copy. Cut. So Dylan Dumay asks... About, uh, about appreciating animation. So he says, I appreciate animation in anime, but don't know where to go to become more knowledgeable and further don't know what I don't know, if that makes any sense. That's the sort of short <laughs> podcast-friendly version of it. And this is something David and I talk about a bunch, and we complain about Sakuga a bunch yeah. on here. Sakuga I feel like is we argue sort of about it nowadays term. just because you're kind of siding with the anime at this point. With the Sakuga community? Yeah... Yeah. Not not quite, but I'm Writing sympathetic. Writing fluff pieces I'm... for them on Otaku USA, that sort of thing. <laughs> they, I've described before on this show. They do good work. I mostly just have an issue with the use of the term Sakuga, but uh, that that's about it. The the people involved in the Sakuga community are doing cool stuff, bringing a lot of really interesting stuff to light. Uh, they actually, I just I just like retweeted one of their articles, which uh, I quite liked. Um, so. Speaking of, they're actually pretty good people to go to to learn about this stuff. I would just caution people to like, please, maybe don't overuse the term Sakuga. Uh, just talk about animation. That's really all it is that we're talking about. You uh, know, Sakuga is one of those curious words that we took, uh, much like Moe, where we would describe everything that we didn't like that was even the slightest bit kind of cute just call that moe and be done with it like like a catch-all so like what i see people do is like oh the saku and the show is like really cool and good well that's actually i i find that's actually kind of rare is that people say the sakuga is good here they're just like this show has lots of sakuga and i'm like 
You mean good animation? You mean you just liked the animation in the show? Like, we have words for that in English. You don't need to say that. Uh, and, like, I think I've talked about this before, and then we're getting into, like, just the argument about the word. But I, I think the word's an acceptable thing for, and this is why I used it in the article, it's acceptable to talk about a community of people interested in the craft of Japanese animation as being Sakuga fans. But it's weird when you start using it as, like, a signifier for animation that is good because that's just, like, a useless... You don't need a term for that, right? It may be good to have a term for a community around it. Uh, so anyway, Sakuga Blog is a group of people talking, uh, you know, writing about the craft of animation in anime. It's something that I try to write about when I can, but one of the advantages that they have is they have uh, people who translate this stuff from Japanese because that's where a lot of the actual resources are is in Japanese interviews and things like that. Uh, so they're a really good resource. If you're looking for like one of the things that i'm not a uh, just personally not super into from them but i think it's like super valuable is just that they write a lot about new shows they're like kind of you know write about simulcast and things uh which is just like i'm interested in a lot of older stuff so they're kind of your place to go for new stuff and then anna pages has lots of like he doesn't post so much anymore but he archived a lot of his posts you can still access them and uh they're all like mostly about older animation uh and he's sort of like the the father of that whole community uh that's why like i focused on him in my otaku usa article so generally sakuga blog anna pages there's some other people who talk about it but like honestly i love a lot of the people at ann but like you're not generally not going to find a lot of that discussion at ann unless it's like people from sakuga blog posting something on ann uh and sakuga buru is a good one to go to that's like the same people run the blog and the image board but uh when you go to sakugaburu like you're just going to find a bunch of clips and that's really good for just kind of sifting through picking out artists you like and understanding their um styles but you're not going to get like the commentary to go with it so that's why reading a blog or something is good because you'll actually get people uh you know actually describing in words what is notable about this stuff and I think there's there's elements of like technique that I think are important to know if you want to appreciate this stuff, but I I don't know if they're necessary exactly. Like I don't know, David. Do you think that people actually need to know the twelve principles to be able to appreciate this stuff? I I I think it's a good stepping stone, but I don't know if it's necessary. Mm, probably. Well, you know, I mean, it never hurts to have more just. Just more knowledge outside of anime yeah, yeah. as well. Because the, the thing point. is, like, when you're stuck just thinking Japanese animation, you are inadvertently kind of excluding the rest of the world. I mean, the rest of the world still does animation. Well, and, there were, and the, not, importantly, the rest of the world has technical differences in how they do animation. <laughs> right, because then you don't really understand, like, just... It's not simply just the craft. It's also kind of the business model behind it. Like the reason mm -hmm. why anime kind of looks the way that it does is because of the model that was introduced into like making a successful show from beginning to end. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, that's a really good point is like knowing a little, at least a little bit about animation in general, not just animation in anime. And that's one of the things that I like Sakuga blog seems like it focuses a lot on animation in anime. And I, I don't doubt that the people involved know a lot about stuff outside of that, but it's just that the stuff that they write about in my limited experience tends to focus on that. So I would suggest reading them, but also reading up on and watching 
like old Disney animation or modern Disney and Pixar animation, watch CG animation, like pay attention to how things move. Uh, and the 12 principles are a good start because it gives you the vocabulary to start thinking like it, it lets you kind of deconstruct emotion. It's, that's why I really like the 12 principles because you just sort of, they're easy to pick up on, right? You just, you can read them in five minutes, just like a quick description of all 12 of them. And then you learn how to kind of deconstruct and be like, okay, so this is the part of the motion where they're anticipating it. This is the part where they're, you know, following through on the motion and you can pick that apart. And that to me is like a really important thing that a lot of people miss when they get into this stuff. They look at someone's animation and all they tend, like a lot of, I don't I, I sound like I'm always like hating on people with this. I just, I think when I hear a lot of people talk about it, what I hear is that they're mostly just seeing how things are drawn, but they're not like, seeing how they move it's like oh this person distorts the figure of the character when they move or they're seeing like everything is moving right like the sort of the backgrounds are animated and things or they'll notice just really big notable design styles and things things like utapone cubes which is where he uh he uh does that's like uh yutaka nakamura does these like cube style uh like fractures of of rocks and things right and those are really notable because like it's you can still frame it. You can see like a picture of it and be like, that's a Utapone cube. But what people tend to miss because understandably it's a little bit harder to, to pick up on is like, how is this moving? What's the actual pacing of how something moves? And that's what I think the 12 principles helps a lot with. Well, that was more of an Evan question than uh, <laughs> the rest of the crew kind of question. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, that'd be my main thing. Try to like really focus on how things move. Uh, I think there's animators like uh, Satoru Utsunomiya who, if you're not paying attention to how things move, you don't, you can't, like it's it's way harder to pick up on his work because his work is all about the sort of uh, like a lack of deformation and like these kind of rigid bodies, like having all of, having characters move as if they're puppets with just really like rigid body parts. And if you still frame it, they're not going to look like they're moving like puppets. They're only going to look like that when you actually see them in motion. It's like it's that kind of thing where you're, you can only pick up on so much of an animator's style if you're only looking at how they draw as opposed to how they construct motions in time. So I hope that helps. Uh, your, and your other resource is Sakuga Mads. Look them up on YouTube. When you find an animator name that you're you like or you're curious about, just look up Sakuga M A D with their name on YouTube and see if you can pull something up. Sometimes they'll be like it'll be one clip from them buried in a uh, you know Sakuga mad of sort of other people's uh, work, like a kind of compilation. So you can you'll either find that or if they're a big enough name, you'll find like one dedicated to them. And yeah, look them up on Sakugaburu, look them up on uh, Sakuga blog or Anna pages. And yeah, that's, that's the main thing, I think. I hope that answers it. If you have more like uh, more questions on that, feel free to email us. And more generally, if any of you have questions or comments on the show, please send us an email at podcast at anygamers.com. We welcome all your feedback and questions and stuff. We try to read every question we get on the show or uh, respond to it via email if it's like not something you want read on the show uh you can also tweet at us on twitter the place where you tweet my uh i'm uh, i'm at sign vamptvo v-a-m-p-t-v-o david at sign qx20xx and uh steven uh, doesn't really have an active twitter so we're not gonna 
not going to promote that, uh, but... <laughs> You're keeping me, keep trying to stop me from becoming popular Listen, on Twitter. if you want to become popular on Twitter, that road is open to you. Uh, I set up a new Twitter account for you. Uh, you can guess what the password is. <laughs> <laughs> so Just slighty ah. <laughs> I haven't changed it yet. Uh, yeah, you can also follow us on the Anygamers account, which is at sign Anygamers uh, without a hyphen, just one word. And we've got another podcast. It's been cross-posting in our feed, but just in case you haven't seen it, it's called Old Takuno Radio, hosted by Ink and Jared from Anigamers. Uh, it's pretty cool. They do kind of more long-form, uh, though this is pretty long-form, kind of... Uh, Unintentionally long-form. Yeah. But they do more like, I don't know, analytical stuff, which we are capable of, but we like making jokes better sometimes. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> there's that. And you can subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Music. If there's something in there you want to subscribe to us on and we haven't like set up on that, let us know via email. Also, please leave us reviews on those places, iTunes and Stitcher. We have zero Stitcher reviews. I don't know if any of you guys use that, but like, please hop on there. Tell people why you think we're cool. Uh, and as usual, funny reviews will get read on the show. We read that one. Uh, and basically, I just really want people to get high and write reviews about how they listen to the show while high. Wow. Evan actually condones drug use, but he won't ever drink a beer. <laughs> ever. This is true. Uh, this is America for you. So you can also read our posts on AnnieGamers.com. Uh, I am probably going to be working on some stuff in the next couple of weeks. David did a review of Kizumonogatari Part 2, which you should check out. Uh, I also did a recent obituary for a friend of mine, Ben Schodel. Uh, if, you're, if you've attended Anime Next or any conventions around the sort of New York, New Jersey area, uh, check that out. Ben was like a super cool guy, and I was... I really wanted to like give him a tribute on Annie Gamers. And uh, I'm writing for Otaku USA magazine, as usual. I have a Sakuga article that is going to be in there in like the next Anime USA issue. It might already be out. Uh, yeah, I think it's like it's out now or about to come out. So go pick that up. It's wherever magazines are sold or on otakuusamagazine.com. And that's that's it, I think. That's quite a show, that, guys. That's it. So let's let's loop all the way back. All beginning. the way back. Just whoop, whoop. Uh, all right. Welcome to the Annie Gamers podcast. I'm your host, David at SignQX20XX Australia. And with me, as always, uh, my co-host. My name is Evan Minto uh, at SignVampVo. David, I have a quick uh, question. Uh, can you give me an explanation of what the Annie Gamers podcast is? Let's save the explanation for later. Like after he worked on this manga, he worked on like the NX Files uh, adaptation, a manga adaptation. Evan, he's gone. Time of death. Oh, Nine uh -oh. twelve p.m. Evan, December eighteenth, twenty sixteen. Okay, okay, okay. He's back. Yep, we're back. Okay, he's back. We're back.